Everybody, welcome back to the Economy Street Podcast. I'm your Laulu with Nicholas. And today we're going to be joined by a very special guest, Michael Mullins. How are you doing, sir? Fine, thanks. How are you? <laughs> that was very subdued. Less than yeah. a couple of names, Boy, you sound very miserable. What's going on? <laughs> I'm just following in your footsteps, sir. Wow. Say no more. Say no more. How are you doing? Well, as, as well as can be in these uh, unprecedented <laughs> times. Right, indeed, indeed. But yeah, thanks for coming on. Um, we really just wanted to catch up with you. And um, we know that you're a man of many hats and uh, you do various things. And this whole show is about exploring how finance plays a part in everything that we do. And especially in this period of the pandemic where things have become so uncertain. It's become even more um, imperative that people kind of keep a lid on things, like in terms of financially and basically navigate uh, this current time that we're in. So, yeah, before we jump into it, we just wanted to ask you to introduce yourself, let everybody know who you are and what you do or the things that you do. Right. So you said my full government name already. So (laughs) I am Michael. Uh, I am the director of Archangel Creative. Um, I used to be the director of Marlings Management, but now what I used to do with Marlings Management, I've now just rolled into one with Archangel Creative. And so that's kind of where I am in terms of my uh, career, or I wouldn't even call it career now. It's just, it's just what I do. So it's, yeah, that's it really. And what does that entail? So Archangel Creative was started when I was a digital project manage, manager and consultant. And so I realized that um, because I had a lot of experience um, on the management side of things and I had a friend who worked in marketing, I thought, okay, let's start our own little, and I didn't want to call it an agency because digital agencies are much maligned. So it was more just a creative company to uh, yeah, just to help small businesses have a a kind of a global thinking in terms of marketing or have some global experience in terms of, or big business experience, I should say, um, and bring that kind of attitude to, to, to local businesses to just clean up all of that, that, that lower end of money that the big agencies don't care about. And so I thought, okay, what's, you know, I've got a a regular, a a regular um, job, so to speak as a digital project manager or consultant. So let's try and get an extra, you know, piece of, uh, income from this small business by winning business and then selling it on to other people. Um, That was the idea. But my uh, co-founder decided that she wanted to do an MBA. So she moved to the USA and is killing it over there. And in the meantime, uh, the regular work that I was doing as a project management consultant, that kind of died down um, due to various things. And so now that creative company has kind of become a part of what I do as well. If I can get, you know, project, project management work, I take that as well, but I take that under the banner of this new company. So our whole ethos is to bring creativity um, to, like I said, small businesses, that's our main aim, and to help them with marketing, to tell their story. Our main thing is telling their story. Anybody can create a, you know, anybody can do like a little ad or anybody can put out a flyer, but um, what we really want to do is to tell people's individual story because we believe that's how businesses 
um, distinguished themselves. You kind of see, saw that with kind of Apple and Steve Jobs. And you kind of see that with other companies that distinguish themselves. They tell a story. And sometimes, or mainly, that story has got to do with the founder or the person behind the business. And that's what we really want to do. That's what we're trying to do. Um, obviously, COVID has kind of hampered that. But we still try to do bits here and there where we can. Well, that's, that. uh, that's, <laughs> that's quite <laughs> insightful. <laughs> so in terms of, with all of that, I think you kind of, gone it alone mm. and because they set up your own companies to uh, be self-sufficient and fund yourself so what role has finance played with being independent and going it alone because it's quite a tough thing to decide to essentially go it alone and rather than go the full-time work route set up your it's, own companies it's quite a complicated story so i'll try and shorten it so obviously we all went to the same uni and by the second year which was your second year my third year um, I decided that this politics degree was worthless um, and it wasn't going to do anything for me because it wasn't going to lead me into anything specifically. So I decided I wanted to be a project manager. I didn't know in what area. area. Um, fast forward a few years, I'm, I'm back in the NHS where I had worked intermittently from when I left school and I was doing project management type work. I, I decided that I wanted to do a course called Prince 2. I saved up the money, paid for that, left the NHS, couldn't get a job in London. So I moved to Milton Keynes. Uh, within two weeks, I had a, a project management role, which kind of gave me my um, introduction to the digital uh, industry. I got bored of being in Milton Keynes. I came back to London and um, I was blessed to just get a role within a couple of weeks in a massive company called Razorfish, which I think is now called Publicent Sapient. And uh, that, I spent about eight months there learning the game. And from then, everything just blew up. From then, I started to freelance. Because that was my first freelance role. And from then, I realized, hold on a minute, this freelance thing is working for me because if I just stay in this company, before I just go to companies and do a permanent role, I'll never actually climb up the tree. They will just want to keep me in that position. But I knew my ability was, was more. So I realized if I kept contracting, I could get bigger and bigger roles and build my profile. And I did that successfully for about four or five years. Um, and so in, in, in bringing about um, Archangel Creative, like I said, that was kind of for an extra income. Um, and so you guys came to, 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 to the kickoff to that. I did a, um, an, an exhibition of, of photography that I had taken on my travels. And I spent, I think I spent about three or four grand. I don't think I told you how much I spent on that. I spent about three or four grand on that exhibition because obviously I had to rent the space. I had to get the food. I had to buy all of the actual uh, uh, photos and turn them into uh, like, uh, I think, I can't remember what the name was, specific name, but obviously I had, um, what's the word I had? I had photos and I had, what do they call them again? Uh, that you put on wood. Canvases. Canvases. Canvases, yes. Canvases and I had photos but blown up on, on a specific, can't remember what the, the board is called, but yeah, that, that all cost me about three and a half, four grand in, uh, for, to do that. And so obviously that was a big outlay but I was earning a lot of money at the time. Um, so I budgeted that, that that would make sense for me to do um, at that time to try and launch the business. So I put that money out there as like, okay, you have to spend money to make money, right? So I did that exhibition. And funnily enough, someone who I previously worked with came to the exhibition and she was now working at another company and they needed a photographer and a videographer. And because of what she saw there, she um, campaigned for me to get, 
um, a spot to do some videography and photography for um, the company that she was working for at the time. And literally, so within, uh, I think I launched that in July, 2015. By October, I had a contract already. So we saw a bit of return, obviously, from the initial outlay. And then the project management stuff took over. So that went on the back burner. But then like a year or two later, when the project management stuff was down, I started to get more um, business because obviously people saw my, you know, that we could do some creative stuff. So in terms of finances, there was an initial outlay of about four or five grand. And it probably took about two years to pay that money back or to get that money back. But it didn't matter because, like I said, I was doing other work that was paying. So that company was just kind of dear on the back burner for me. And actually now that company has been what has kept me kind of, uh, I would say, semi afloat <laughs> during these times. <laughs> no, so you touched on a point. I was just going to say you kind of touched it in your answer because in the sense of finance. So... In terms of the one company, it you had to pay, you had to get those revenues back. But but in terms of your overall self picture, you had money coming in from other various works that you were doing. So it wasn't just relying to so you, but yeah. for having multiple hats per se that allowed you to manage your funds between one company and another and to keep yourself afloat. Yeah, and. It, that 2015 year was like amazing because like I said, I started that company in July and with my regular uh, freelance work, I actually had, I got two roles. So after July, I was working at a place called Havas and I was working at a place called Creative United. And then I got that other contract with Archangel Creative um, doing the photography and videography. So there was like one period of time where about two or three months where I had three roles. So I remember one day I literally worked three contracts in one day. So I went into one job in the morning uh, I went into the other job in the evening and then on the break time, I went to film like some stuff right. for Archangel Creative. <laughs> it was mad because it's like I got money coming in from three different directions and it was all great. So yeah, I thought this is a perfect time for me because I was in the project management world. I was just, I kept going higher and higher and higher. I'm like, this is the best time to start a business because I've got all this cash that's just coming in. So let me start something else. And so that could potentially keep bringing money up. On that question of cash then, could you have managed that better? What would you say of, of, of your viewpoint at that time with money? Did you think, okay, everything was booming, so you didn't worry, or how, how, when you look back, how can you reflect on your money management with that inflow of cash? So going from before I started that business, my mindset was um, I never wanted to actually be a freelancer for that long. I just wanted to get, enough i wanted to get to a point of um seniority where i could get a decent enough um permanent wage but because i saw i could keep going up that went out my mind what i used to do as you know is take a lot of holidays um now i don't regret all the experiences i had but i would have taken half the amount of holidays <laughs> and saved that <laughs> money and invested in some property um so in hindsight i still would have started that business but the previous years before where I was making, because I was making so much, I never expected to make so much money so quickly. So I started making a lot of money from 2012, which I didn't expect. And so because I started making a lot of money, I kept on delaying the investment in property. And I would I have been- you that money was- It's always going to come in it. It's not going to stop. Yeah, no. I, I tripled my day rate within the first like two years of me getting into yeah. what I got into. So, you know, you're young, you don't think it's ever going to dry up, right? So- 
in yeah, hindsight, yeah. I would have definitely invested in property or something that would have at least held the money that I put it in. Not a savings account because I didn't. I, I want my money to grow, but I would have definitely invested oh. in something, probably property, um, a lot earlier. Took less holidays, and I still think I would have done this business because, as it's turned out, um, as you said, now I've got a few more hats. I've had to be um, innovative and learn a few more skills that I never thought I'd have to learn because I thought I could just be a project management consultant forever and just the cash would roll in all the time. And that's not been the case. I mean, so what I'm hearing so far is that there's actually quite a lot of intangibles. It's not just the tangibles that you take away from sort of expanding your repertoire and branching out into different fields and avenues, which is great to hear because, you know, one thing about if you want to keep moving forward, you have to learn, you have to be able to iterate and, and um, work on yourself as an individual. So that's, that's been good to kind of hear you reflect on that and be one of the things that you can draw out. For, I mean, bringing the conversation back to the financial aspects, what do you then think are some of the challenges uh, from running a business within, I know you don't quite call it a career, well, an agency, but, you know, within the creative space? Yeah. What I say? Getting work. Um, I, it's a one-man show right now. No. Um, and so I, the only work comes in through what I do through who I speak to, who I network with, who I pitch to. So like another role I got, and I've been forced, I've been forced to innovate because had, had the money been coming in from the project management stuff, I wouldn't have been as innovative. So for example, one time when nothing was just coming in and I was just going to the gym every day to, um, to fill the time. Um, after a while, I, I, you know, I started talking to the, the, uh, the personal trainers at the gym and got to know the management. And I asked them, so how do you like market? And all they ever did was go outside and hand out leaflets. This is the gym, the gym group in Wembley. And so I said to them, okay, I got my little phone and I did a little video. It's just like messing around. And I just cut it up. I think I, I don't even think I was using Final Cut then. I was using iMovie. I just put it together and I made them a little proposal. I said, you see what I've done here? Like I could do this for you guys. Like if I put a proposal together, will you, you know, look at it? I put a proposal together. And I said, basically, give me your month's budget for marketing. Let me create a whole campaign for you. And I called it We Are The Gym Wembley. And it was about um, basically making that specific gym. It was just about enhancing its story. It's a very kind of like a community type gym atmosphere. And it was just basically getting everybody in the gym to take ownership of We Are The Gym. Like, this is what we do. All that kind of stuff. We built the campaign around that. Um, and so they accepted it. They were like, great, we'll give you a month's budget. I got their budget. I created the campaign, created the hashtag. And after like a month or two months of them, um, like, you know, running that campaign, their signups went up by like, I don't know, it was like 25% or something like that. I can't remember. And so that forced, being in that in, in, in situation of just having no income forced me to innovate and forced me to pitch. Um, I was only able to do that because I had been on the project management side previously watching people create pictures and now I had to innovate and think okay let me try that for myself because there's no finances coming in and so that's when I realized okay this company is not going to run itself like my partner's gone I'm going to have to do something now I'm not a photographer I'm not really a, vi a videographer I've got a bit of photography experience but the videography thing was new to me but I was like okay I've got to push this I've just got to take chances and so it was really uh, because of a, a need that I just had to innovate and start to push. So the hardest thing is to just get business because if I'm not 
actively getting business, there's no money coming in. Like money's not, people are not calling me. I have to call them. I've got to a stage now where I've worked with a few clients who will come back to me now and again, but that's not enough to pay bills. No, that's real. Um, <laughs> you've mentioned in that you've had a partner that's no longer there, so you're, you're essentially mm. on your own and you are a man with many hats. How do you prioritize running these businesses? Or is it the fact, is that one of the reasons why, as you mentioned at the start, you've merged Mullins Management with Archangel Creative? Yeah, and that's a finance reason because I was paying my accountant to run two accounts. That doesn't make sense because Mullins Management ain't getting no work, Archangel's getting a little work. So I was like, actually, um, I can put them all under, under one umbrella. Um, so it made sense to do that. And that's what I did. But now within Archangel Creative, um, before I didn't mention, I said, we, you know, we, we try to tell people stories, but obviously there is the digital project management and consultancy arm. And actually there's an educational arm now and a philanthropic arm. So there's a lot we do within the education sector, as you guys have been a part of the life skills workshop that we're trying to get into schools. We've now got something called the One Race Project where we're trying to get into schools again. Rather than Black History Month, let's talk about actually how um, we're one race and that's, let, let's start talking about true history. And we, we take African history from the context, not of um, slavery and struggle, but from just telling the truth. Because if, if scientists have actually told us we're all from Africa, let's, let's deal with the history of Africa that's been hidden. So that's what we're doing on that arm. And then, um, like I said, the project management arm last year, I, had a, I did a, a small contract as a uh, innovation lead at a SEO company. So now I'm just trying to get it where I can get it. So education, I'm your man. Like black history, I'm your man. Um, life skills for, for teenagers, uh, I'm your man. Uh, digital project management or general project management, I'm your man. Marketing in terms of like video, videography and uh, photography and production, whether it be ideas or actual execution, I'm your guy. So I'm just trying to get it wherever I can get it now. No, and that's brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) No, I love that. And I think what I want to stress out, especially to your audience, is what you've done there. You said something quite key that you you brought uh, both sort of elements under the same umbrella. Uh, You merged the two companies to make it one. And that's actually something that our viewers can take away because if it's, um, it's quite smart, what you can do is basically run different business segments within the same entity. And that's what Michael is doing. And actually it can save you a ton of money um, whilst you still keep, you still almost recognize each arm as a separate business, except that it's just within the same umbrella. And it just makes it easier financially mm-hmm. from an accountant's point to uh, just keep your costs down. So it's, it's smart and it's brilliant. And I think, I mean, what I wanted to now segue to is the fact that the fact that you've, you've almost said like necessity breeds, breeds growth. So because you've been on this journey and you've had, there's been hiccups and challenges along the way, that's forced you to innovate. And I know, you know, speaking of camera that uh, your work in terms of videography and photography actually led to some international work, um, like going to Ghana and shooting a documentary. So can you just explain to us sort of that process, how that came about? And even some of the, um, the budgeting aspects, the financial aspects of managing uh, an international project like that? So we'll leave the budget into last. That's quite interesting. <laughs> so um, a, a, a young lady from my church worked with the, the, the woman who actually runs this um, 
charity called Creating New Beginnings. And she wanted someone to create a, a short promo for a charity gala they was having. Oh, so my friend said, oh, I've got a friend who, you know, who does that kind of stuff. Why don't you speak to him? So initially, I just said to my friend, get a brief um, and send it to me. Because what happens is with a lot of with creative stuff like this is that people see what you can do. And then when they find out the price, you know, they want a Rolls Royce, but they want it for Ford Escort money. Like, you know. <laughs> Um, yep. so I was batting her away like get her to send me a brief get her to send me a brief I'm not interested like do you know what I mean so then she's like no she's you know she's an older lady like she's the kind of person who wants to talk on the phone or meet up and I'm just like I'm not interested but I was just like, I was like okay so she lived near me so we, we went to, to our house and we had a conversation we agreed a, a price for the little promo and I just offhand said to her when I found out about this this school that she runs in Ghana for autistic children I said, um, I like what you're doing. Like, that's, that is interesting. And I've always wanted to go to Ghana. I said, if you pay all my expenses, I'll come shoot this documentary for free. Like, I'll create a whole documentary about what you've been doing and, you know, where you've started and what you've done and all that kind of stuff. And I just said it offhand. Long story short, within three weeks, I was in Ghana shooting the documentary. Um, so... This is, this is one of the, the lessons I have always learned. And, and, and I learned it from when I did the, um, the, the exhibition is the more you put out there is the more you'll get back. Right. Because I, I did an exhibition for the company. I got a contract within two months. Who, who would have known that was possible? Um, I, yeah. I had this business um, where I'm, you know, I'm trying, I, I'm not trained in photography or videography and what, Four years later, I'm in Ghana shooting a documentary because someone spoke about me and I threw out an offhand comment. And so expenses wise, really, all I had to do was just bring my equipment because everything was paid for. I didn't spend a penny. Um, so, yeah, expenses were paid. So. <laughs> no need to budget. I just I got and actually British Airways paid for my ticket wow. because they believed in the project. They heard about it. And there was links with uh, the, the creating new beginnings had link with links with British Airways, and so they paid they paid for my ticket. So shout out to British Airways. <laughs> yeah. If they can give me a ticket as well, you know, <laughs> Nigeria is very expensive this time of year to fly. But <laughs> you're just going to stunt at Christmas. No, I don't think you're here to support your. Uh, it's, a, it's a good cause. <laughs> your vices. Allow my Bakey Foundation. Don't worry. <laughs> No, but that's 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 amazing, and it's uh it's amazing. It's just incredible to see what sowing little seeds here and there can that's lead, it. and and the fruit that it can it can produce. So, I mean, that's yeah, it's testament to the work that you're doing. Um, I mean, that kind of okay. Okay, moving on from that, then. I know we've spoken a little bit about you know, this um very interesting period that we're all in. Yeah. <laughs> that is 2020 so how, how have you found running the agents uh the 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 company in this uh pandemic period so like i said i had a contract last year um with uh this uh seo company and you know it, they, they ran out of money so the projects that i was working on couldn't uh be sustained but you know did did, did my thing there and so that ended in december and COVID came around March. I had gone to India, I think. I went to India in April. Um, and then I came back and then COVID hit. So obviously I hadn't been working in between that time. COVID hit and I've gone on furlough. 
and that's been a godsend to be fair um i've got the bounce back loan but what i've used this time to do is to invest more time into the the projects that i've been working on so like the the one race project the uh the life skills as you guys knew we had just relaunched the life skills to, to try and get back into schools now and covid hit so i've just spent that time kind of i'm investing in me really getting better more knowledgeable in certain areas and basically preparing myself for to to, to to pitch for more work which i've been doing and to be better at the things that i do so this is what i've spent kind of this year doing just just being better and uh preparing for the opportunities because opportunities are going to come again definitely but who's going to take them and i think there's a lot of money to be made in this post-covid uh or not even post-covid world but maybe post-lockdown world even in this and i just think period, it's, people have been yeah <laughs> and i know there's a lot of ideas that are going to come and i'm going to be like why didn't i think of that so for me i'm just trying to prepare to take advantage of any opportunities that come you know i think sometimes we don't there are doors that we don't walk through that we don't realize we could have walked through in hindsight so i want to make sure that i don't miss out on any opportunities so i'm trying to just be in a position to take advantage of everything that comes or that is even here right now and i don't see i hear that still but you kind of touched on a question i'm going to ask you next in terms of you mentioned uh, furlough and bounce back loan. Mm. So obviously you took advantage of some of the government schemes over this period. So what was your experience in terms of other applying for the schemes or as you, said, you mentioned that furlough was a godsend. How was yeah. it for you going through those processes of uh, getting those government schemes? So let's deal with the bounce back. That was very easy. Um, I could have taken the 50 grand, but I'm honest, so I didn't. <laughs> Shout out to all you people who did. I hope the government don't ask you any questions. That was easy. That was very easy. Um, a bit too easy, if I, if, you know, to be fair. But as you guys know, like the process for that, they weren't really checking anything you said. You just needed to have a company. Um, so that was easy. But the best thing I ever ha uh, did years ago was get an accountant. And so my accountant has handled all the fellow stuff for me. I don't really like numbers. So everything that I don't understand or I don't want to deal with, I just give it to her because I can trust her. So that process for me was probably a lot smoother than it was for other people because she explains things in a way that I can understand. And if I don't understand, I can call her and she will explain it. So the process of going, you know, getting on furlough was actually um, all of, you know, my accountant did a great job and she actually helped me to 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 understand that i was actually eligible for furlough because there were some things i didn't understand and she was like no 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 you need to do this and that was it and she pretty much handled it I, I just had to okay her to you know do certain things so yeah having an accountant for me was is has been a fundamental key in in having a business um because i'm not as you know financially literate as you guys so to have an accountant for me has been an amazing thing and i've saved a lot of money by having a that's good. So, like, even investing in a, an accountant is good business. You hear that, guys? Greenfield Baby is here to help you. Greenfield, shameless <laughs> <laughs> no, plug there. No, that's true. You're another one that's wearing many hats. <laughs> but <laughs> in terms of the accountant, so that's a good thing. So, even during your peaks and troughs of being independent, you mm. always kept that accountant, regardless yeah. of your financial situations, because the fact that as you said, 
you don't kind of trust yourself with numbers. So you rather have yeah. someone that knows what they're doing. And it took some time because when I first got an accountant um, with my first contract, when I went to Razorfish, it was recommended the, um, the agency that I got the job through. And these accountants were actually rubbish. And they, ha- they, they were actually, take, they, I think they had me on the wrong tax code or something like that. And they weren't paying me on time. And because they basically, my accountants would kind of, um, well, not they weren't paying me on time. They would tell me how much money I could take and how much I need to leave for taxes. And they would be late with that and all kinds of stuff. And then I met another contractor who says, I've got a good accountant. I've been with her for like five years. This is why, guys, you need to speak to someone who has experience of the accountant before you go with them. So when I spoke to this guy and I went with this lady, she immediately saved me like £100 a month based on what she was doing differently to my previous accountant. So, um, yeah, that process of getting an accountant, you need to like, you need to make sure that you speak to someone who's been with that accountant and knows them. Because for me, I didn't know anything about being a freelancer or starting a limited company. And so I went with some bad accountants and there's so much people who I speak to who have terrible accountants, like they're losing their money and they could save them a lot more money. So always get a good recommendation for an, for an accountant, I would say. No, um, thanks for that. So, I mean, just to start bringing it to a close, um, what would you say are your top tips for anybody that wants to embark on um, eventually in the creative space? Uh, number one. And then number two, uh, what have you got lined up in terms of 2021 apart from um, going out there and pitching for business? Because I also know that you have started another enterprise uh called king dependent uh right so 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 what you want first top two tips did you say top yeah top three top three three get an accountant a good one um planning is key and spend as much time planning as necessary for whatever you're going to do because a lot of people try to bypass that phase and then go in to do the thing. But any, any project that is poorly planned is gonna be hard to run. So don't, don't, um, don't cut short the planning process, I would say. And you, I think you have to have a passion for, for the business you're doing, if you're, especially if you're like the main person or the only person, because um, yeah, if you're not motivated to do it, it's just not, I just don't believe it will be, it will feel worth your while. And I don't think you can really be successful being dispassionate, especially if you are a business owner and it's literally a small group. If you're in a large group, you can afford to do that, right? Because you've got departments, but when you are every department, you need to be passionate about what you're doing because who's going to be doing stuff at five in the morning unless they really love it. And I've spent at like, to edit that documentary, it took weeks and I was doing like five, six, seven hour shifts. So You've got, to, you've got to have a passion for what you're doing. If, if, if not, leave it to someone else. Um, what was the other question? Um, what have you got pi- planned in the pipeline? So I've got this kingdependent.com um, thing. This is, um, this is a marketplace for Christian business. Um, and that whole concept is about the kingdom of God and keeping money in the kingdom. As you know, a lot of Christian businesses um, are struggling with... Uh, lawsuits and legislations with regard to holding christian values and then people trying to shut them down for having christian values i don't understand it's supposed to be a free country you're supposed to be able to have your um religious beliefs and not be penalized for them 
So this is a place where uh, Christian businesses can have a shop window. Um, if you don't want to spend your money with non-Christians, which is your right, I think that the Jewish community do that quite well. And I think a lot of Muslims and Asian communities do that quite well. So why can't the Christian community do the same thing? Um, and that concept comes from um, the Hebrews. And if you look at Hebrew ep economics in the Old Testament, so it's all about keeping your money in, in uh, and supporting people who have the same beliefs as you. And that will be launching in January called, uh, it will be www.kingdependent.com. And it will just literally be Christian owned business or services. So, you know, you've got that cake maker in your church and they're doing their thing on Instagram. They will be there. You know, you've got that accountant who goes to your church and has like a, a, a proper registered business and everything. He will be there too. And so it'll just be a shop window for you to see. So, okay, my money can keep going in a circle. Yeah. So that, that's that. And 2021, the one race project trying to get that into schools or any other educational entities and the life skills workshop which we're trying to do with economic street we're trying to get that into well we're starting with one school but i think we're going to pitch now to a few more schools and we'll probably have to work on where we go with that but we definitely want to help uh people uh young people get the life skills they need because we know that the education system is not giving it to them unless they're going to private school. So um, yeah, that's 2021. And then whatever, like I said, wherever the money I can get it, whether it be project management um, contracts or maybe more photography or, or, um, or videography work. So if hold at me, if you're a photographer or videographer, I'm looking for actual people who studied this stuff and professionals. I'm really trying to put down the camera. Um, because I really want to win some more business in that end now. And I think we've got the portfolio to do it. So, yeah, I'm trying to get it where I can get it in 2021. 2021 is going to be my year. I don't care what no one says. If it's I, not, I, I, I might not be I, here in 2022. I, That's all I'm saying. But don't make it in 2021. I, I can't guarantee you go see me in 2022. That's all I'm saying. I love that. I love that. So, Abir, just to finish off, how can people get in touch with you then? www or www.archangelcreative.com info at Archangel Creative. That's it. Nice. nice. And getting my phone number. Don't call me. <laughs> <laughs> so you're just going to drop it down in the description then for people. <laughs> no, well, thank you for coming on. Uh, it's been very insightful, actually. Uh, and just to kind of be able to have a greater window into your journey so far. Yes, you thank you for having me. So yeah, guys, keep it locked on the Economic Street channel. Uh, this is, you know, please subscribe, share, like our content, uh, promote what we're doing. Uh, you can find us on all platforms, Economic Street. So from YouTube to Spotify, SoundCloud, and everything else in between, we're there. And uh, yeah, get in touch. Let us know what you think about this content. Get in touch with Michael if you want to pick his brain or you want to work with him. And by all means, just continue to stay plugged. And we will see you in the future with more content coming your way. So until then, take care of yourselves and see you soon.